This episode contains foul language, extremely disturbing stories, and one mystery guest. Listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, spooky, sticky, gross, and all around weird. Each week, we sit down with one of our friends and chat about something that we think is weird. So, say hello to my co-host Ashley. Hi, weirdos. And our guest this week, Kelly Reed. Hi, I'm Kelly Reed. <laughs> that was real. That was definitely her. She's here. No, she was here last week, um, and we talked for. So long Forever. that we just decided to um, split the episode up into two parts. Two-parter. Last yep. week, we chatted about people who have had intercessions with God, stigmata, and faith healing. And this week, we're just going to jump right into the devil made me do it. Mm-hmm. People who have claimed to talk to the devil himself and all kinds of crazy shit. But first, we're going to hop into our news segment. This Week in Weird. <laughs> What? You have left me hanging on the music two weeks in a row. Two Do I weeks. need to scat? Yeah, or some, you know. Skeebity boop bop weird. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You did it last week. I was waiting for it and it didn't happen. I'm sorry. It hurt my feelings. Um, okay, so I just have one thing for this week in weird this week. Um, what? <laughs> what? This was week, that? Weird, weird, week, 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 in weird, weird week. Um,. And you already know about it, mm. but we just need to talk about it. I'm so the, excited. The uh, $900 million oh. conjuring lawsuit. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> My okay. trouble. Okay. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, uh, basically Ed and Lorraine Warren signed an exclusive contract with Ger- Gerald Brittle in 1980 uh, that he would have the rights to their stories. So he's pissed that he <laughs> didn't get a penny of the $890 million that the Conjuring franchise brought in, especially since the combined budget of all three films was $66.5 million, um, and three as in Conjuring, Conjuring 2, and Annabelle. Right. Uh, he's not only looking to sue because they lifted stories directly from his book, The Demonologist, but he's also looking to sue because they took the stories and, according to him, falsified them. Yeah. For example, in The Conjuring, they added historical facts of a witch that lived at the farm, and that she hung herself, and the possession, and the Satan worship, and the child sacrifice that was all added to the story to make it scarier. And I would assume the same would go for The Conjuring 2 with adding the demon nun Valak mm-hmm. and trying to make the connection from the Amityville House and the Enfield Poltergeist. Uh, but another issue that they're probably going to have to face is that James Wan actually tweeted in 2011, I watch slash read a lot of scary stories, but fuck, the demonologist true life account of Ed and Lorraine Warren is the scariest book I've read, which won't allow them to claim that they haven't read the book prior to the writing of the script or the production of the film. Oh yeah, he screwed with that comment. It um, sucks because I absolutely love the Conjuring movies, but like this guy has a really good case. Yeah. Like they're. I mean, just and screwed. Ed Lorraine Warren should not have signed whatever contract they signed. No. I mean, they they had to. That was nineteen eighty, so they signed yeah. what a 30, 40 year contract with this guy. It was a that terrible seems decision. Stupid. Yeah, but also at the same time, they at the time were kind of seen as like they were like lepers, right? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So to like be given this book deal. <laughs> That was a Joe cough. That was not a ghost. That was a Joe cough. There's a human um, coughing in the other room. <laughs> um, yes, the cats are out today, and, and there's a wild Joe out in the apartment. <laughs> there's as a well, boyfriend so. and some cats. <laughs> you might hear some rumbling. <laughs> um, yeah, so getting a book deal was like a huge opportunity. So right. maybe that's why they signed whatever crazy maybe they contract that was, they signed. That was going to be the biggest thing that they got. So like, of course we'll sign over all the rights to you. No one will make a huge movie about it. Yeah, us no someday. one's going to make a million dollar movie out of this. Right. Oh, gosh. And those movies are so great, but 
well, we yep. might not see another. Tough. <laughs> Tough I know. Tits. And they were going to make a third they were, one. Yeah. And they have the Nun series, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that counts. I think they should be able to do the Nun series because it was, she's not they a made real that character. Yeah. Which, of course, they're allowed to throw in some random things. That well, part I'm kind of yeah. like, If they course. didn't. I mean, I told you, though. The, um, the show on Hulu. Yes. Uh... Infield Poltergeist. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. No, Infield Haunting. Infield Haunting. Uh, it's like a three-part miniseries, and that was awesome. They didn't, mm-hmm. like, add in any froofy stuff. They, right. like, just told the story of the yeah. account, and it's, like, honestly better than The Conjuring. It's not sure. as scary as The Conjuring, but it's certainly, like, better You need to get a, reali- a realistic look, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this earlier. Like, horror mo- especially, like, American-made horror movies these days mm-hmm. are so... First of all, they're all the same story. Yeah. It's the same story over and over and over again. And it's just about how scary you can make, like, the monster look mm-hmm. almost. And that's not scary. Yeah. You should because... be able to make the actual storyline scary and yeah. not just what the beast or whatever is actually going to look like. I mean, you look at, like, look the like. scariest movies that have been made in the past, like, ten years. You've got It Follows. Oh, gosh. Where you don't see a monster, but one, mm. what an original storyline. Such you know? a good storyline. Um, The Babadook. Yeah. Which, you see the monster, but you just see glimpses of it, mm-hmm. and... That is the scariest shit I've ever seen. It is. And it's also a lot about the mom kind of losing her mind slowly, which yeah. that is so much creepier than even seeing the Babadook. Yeah. So, yeah, that was very well done. And that wasn't just like, there's a monster in this house because a witch put a curse on the land because it's an Indian burial ground. It's like, no, it's like a representation, a physical representation of grief. It's yeah. like, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Do more of that. So good. Of course, that's not American. No. Is it Follows? Uh, it, it follows is I think right? it is but what's funny is it doesn't look like it is because no. of how co- how cool the shots are how visually it. it's one of the most beautiful movies guys if you haven't seen it so cool and just how creative it is it seems like it should be European yeah. but I think it, it I go think America maybe maybe we, we need just, to do our research we just did a double feature the other day uh, the uh, Flick of the Week Grabbers we mm-hmm. put that one on there and that's an Irish uh, uh, film which is why it's, it's awesome and then uh we watched Troll Hunter. Did you ever see Troll Hunter? <laughs> yes. It's so good. I watched it because of you. It's great. Um, and it's it a Norwegian be. movie. They know uh, how to do they it just, over there. They just know how to do it. When, mm-hmm. I think they they know how to do it because they know they're not getting, uh, you know, $60 million budget. Right. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> they're not going over out, the top. Yeah, you have to figure things, out how yeah. to do it in a I scary agree. way without relying on, like, a team of CGI experts mm-hmm. and, you know, ornate locations and big name actors. Right. So, For anyways. sure. No, love it. Yeah, right. so they're in a pickle with those conjuring movies. <laughs> pickle, yeah. That's good. good That's news. good? That's good news. Like... Your story. Oh, it's okay. Good. It's I good for like, the podcast. Hey, well, maybe. <laughs> no, I, I know. I We've been wanting to discuss it. that because ever since it came, someone posted an article on my Facebook and then I came over last week and you mentioned it to me. I was like, how have we not talked about this on the podcast? But no, it's not good news at all. It's no. very bad. Um, yeah, it's bad. But The Demonologist, though, if you get a chance Great to read book. it, is... I finally started so, it. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. I don't even care if they lied. It's so good. It's so good. It's, it's so, so well good. Written. It's so yeah. scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't really have news, but I did want to announce really quickly for all of our listeners in Illinois, of which there are many since both of us are from, from there. there. Um, on June 23rd, the 21st Annual Haunted America Conference is going to be held in... Alton. No, is right. Yeah, I was guessing. Alton. It's going to be in Alton, Illinois, our favorite place on the planet, apparently. Um, (laughs) There's going to be a ghost hunt at the McPike Mansion Mm -hmm. uh, and the Mineral Springs Hotel, which we talked about on our Bermuda Bermuda. Triangle episode, uh, episode three. Uh, Several speakers and courses. Um, There's going to be like a psychic protection session and a dowsing and pendulum workshop. And drum roll, please. I guess I could have done this, couldn't I? Have? Could have used my hand and leg. That Sorry, everyone. The worst drum roll I've ever heard. Uh, Greg and Dana Newkirk of the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and the Occult are going Should've to be known. there. Oh my god! Um, I don't think it's going to be the full museum, but 
Uh, I bet that they're going to bring some of their creepy items. Um, I would bet. Yeah, and they're also the founders of Planet Weird, which I... And then they also have a website called uh, weekendweird.com, which I did not steal the name of This Week in Weird from, but I did find it um, after we started doing This Week in Weird, and I googled This Week in Weird, because um, I was like, I wonder if anyone has that name. And someone, someone totally does. does. Kind of. We, we have didn't this. mean to. We've yeah. added this. this they week don't have weird. this. We didn't mean uh, it. Sorry about it. But I do go there for some of my um, weird news stories. Okay. That's um, fair. Because it's great. Yeah. It's wonderful. I they did. Got I got stuff. the, um, I mean, everything that I've found on like the, the objects from the Paranormal Occult Museum, uh-huh. I found from Weekend Weird. Okay. So the the mirror and the plank oh, from Amityville and yeah. <laughs> that mirror scares me. But I still kind of want to see it. Oh, for sure. We're going to, we have to go to that museum. It's come up in um, almost yeah, every and news we story. we just missed it. In March, the what? end of March, it was in Long Beach. No. Yeah. So close. I know. Did you see, is it coming to California again or not? Mm, it probably not never is. Yeah, they're probably <laughs> That done. was our one time. Yeah, that was the one one chance. Um, honestly, yeah. I could probably come up with a, a museum of the paranormal and occult. Just, just from in your apartment in alone. this room. Yeah, that's, we just start our own. It's not a lie. It's just not a lie. Charge folks. people twenty five bucks to come in here and like touch some stuff. <laughs> Can be your new livelihood. That's <laughs> how you'll make a buck. So last week we talked about uh, you know faith healing. We talked about people who spoke to God. We talked about uh, stigmata, mm-hmm. and uh, and we also talked about which you will hear very soon. Uh, the devil made me do it. Cases. Uh, but we didn't delve too far into The Devil Made Me Do It in terms of, like, brushes with demons or evil forces because we're going to have an entire episode about demonic possession and interactions with demons. Uh, but we did talk about a famous Devil Made Me Do It case. Mm-hmm. Um, and I stumbled upon something bonkers that I didn't get a chance to talk about last week, but I would love to hear what you have to say about yes, it. Yes, please. Okay, cool. Um, so, uh, in the 1600s, there was a French Catholic priest named Urban Grenier. Mm. I was waiting to hear from the other room, Joe, being like, that's not how it's pronounced. But oh, is he, that I not didn't right? Anything. Um, Maybe you said it right. I might have. Maybe he was uh, quietly applauding. Like Adrian Grenier, the actor? <laughs> I think that's how you say his name from Entourage. Um, anyways, he was burned at the stake for being convicted of witchcraft. Mm. Uh, first of all, he was a really shitty priest. Okay. He was like the worst priest. Uh, he was like... What I think the young Pope is about, which I haven't watched, but like I really want to, like yeah. really cool, smoking cigarettes, like having sex. I don't know if he has sex. In I that don't show. know. I only watched two episodes and like I couldn't get into it, but I am predicting that he probably has sex <laughs> at some point. But all I've learned really is that he's kind of a dick. But. Oh, okay, cool. Well, he spent uh, most of his time in France ignoring his vow of celibacy. He was described as devilishly handsome. Oh. I'm just gonna just imagine just like him Jude as Law. Jude Law. <laughs> And had a reputation for enticing many of the area's most powerful women into bed and then bragging about it uh, to just about anyone who would listen. He was arrested once and convicted of immorality, but he was super well-connected, and within a year he went right back to being a priest and continuing his sexcapades. I put sexcapades. That was your word? That was my word. It's like, wow, interesting. Um, (laughs) Apparently there was another priest who hated him. Uh, a lot of priests hated him, but there was one that really hated him, uh, Father Mignon, who had had enough and went about persuading the nuns underneath him to publicly declare that he had used sorcery on them. Uh, some of them claimed that they had begun to fall into fits of madness, and others claimed that Grandier uh, appeared to them as an angel and enticed them into having orgies. Oh, my. Anyways, it turned into tabloid mayhem. Uh, the nuns ended up undergoing several exorcisms, and supposedly almost 7,000 spectators would show up to watch, hoping to get a peek at the satanic circus that the convent became. Yeah. Um, the final nail was put into Grandier's coffin when they found a contract in his possession that is said to have been stolen from Lucifer himself. Oh, gosh. Uh, it was a written agreement scribbled in backwards Latin between Grandier, a handful of demons, and the devil himself. The contract even included a unique signature from all mentioned parties. We, the influential Lucifer, the young Satan, Beelzebub, Leviathan, Elimi, and Astaroth, together with others, have today accepted the covenant pact of Urban Grandier, 
who is ours, and him do we promise the love of women, the flower of virgins, the respect of monarchs, honors, lusts, and powers. It goes on later to say that he will live twenty years happy on the earth of men, and will later join us to sin against God, bound in hell in the council of demons, signed Lucifer and all the other demons. What? <laughs> so, they burned him. Yes. Yeah, he was dead. So wait, he, was he dead. who wrote that contract? Well, they found it in his possession. Do you think he wrote it? Because he's just going I insane and worshipping the I mean, devil? it was a very convenient list of all of the things that all the priests hated him for at the time. Right. Oh, so man. He could have been, it could have been, could have been planted, planted there by one of the nuns or by another priest that hated him that just, like, That's kind of what I think happened, contract. to be honest. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um... It was a pretty convenient just laundry list laying around, right. uh, but it didn't stop the authorities from arresting him. They threw him in prison. Uh, his body was searched for marks of the devil. He ended up being tortured several times, and even though he never admitted to being a warlock, he was sentenced to be hanged, and they ended up burning him alive. Oh, goodness. So here's the thing. <laughs> Probably not a real contract with the devil. Nope. Don't think uh, so. But also... Maybe don't fuck a bunch of people when you're a priest. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Maybe follow the rules of <laughs> maybe priesthood. Follow the rules you shouldn't of have committed if you couldn't do it. Yeah, because we all we all enjoy sexy time. But if you want to be a yeah, priest, but you that's can, yeah, part of you it. Take you just a vow can't. Celibacy. Right. You just can't do that. Can't just ignore it and be like, I'm still a priest. It's but fine. We can't really expect Jude Law <laughs> to not have about. sexy time when he looks that damn good. When he's that handsome. That's what I was picturing through that whole story. Oh, 100%. Just like this handsome gent signing the devil's contract. Uh-huh. But no, I for sure think he was yeah, framed he was by totally other priests who were like, get this guy out of here. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, I read somewhere else, but it wasn't confirmed that um, they tested the handwriting on the contract and some of it matched Sister Agnes something or other that worked at the convent. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't find that information anywhere else, so I don't know if that was just, like, one website being like, yeah, it matched your handwriting. It's right. Like, well, well, did it. I can't find this information <laughs> literally anywhere else, so, so I don't know if that's not. true. I'm but it was just care. weird. I'll show you. I'll post a picture of it on the um, uh, Keep It Weird Facebook page, because yeah, they actually have pictures of the contract and, oh like, God. the different signatures from... I like that Beelzebub, Beelzebub? was on it, because isn't that in the one song? Beelzebub has the devil put aside for... That's what I thought. Yes. No? No, it's true. That's right. Yeah, you didn't make it up. Okay. Um, Beelzebub is an actual demon. Right. Uh, Is he a demon or is that another name for the devil? No, he's a demon. I think it's a demon. He's a demon. Because it's has the devil put aside for me. I'm trying to think. I'm going by lyrics in a song. (laughs) I'm going by lyrics in a a queen song from 1980. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I just like the name. Beelzebub? Beelzebub. Yeah. Beelzebub. Should I name my firstborn that? Probably. Probably go over well. Yeah, I feel like Alex would be like totally into that. (laughs) Totally dumb. And not at all um, upset with you. (laughs) Do you, so last week we went, like, we went way over time because uh, we just kept talking and talking and talking. Yeah. Um, And I know, I mean, you guys will hear it later. There's Devil Made Me Do It stories. But did you yeah. have any from last week that you didn't get to? Yeah, there was cover? there was one more I didn't get to. I literally had like 25 written down and obviously knew we probably wouldn't get to them all. But these are just such crazy cases of the most heinous crimes I've ever heard. And then people saying, but it was because of Satan. And usually it's because of mental illness, but that's what they like to throw out. So Pablo Vasquez... Um, had a fun little murder in 1998. He killed a 12-year-old boy named David Cardenas in Alamo, Texas. It's very sad. Um, April 18th, 1998, Vasquez went to a party in Texas with his 15-year-old cousin, Andy Chapa. During the party, he became intoxicated using cocaine and alcohol. So usually there's also some drugs at play, too. Mm-hmm. At the party, he met young Cardenas, the 12-year-old boy. And while walking... At the party, he met Cardenas, and while walking from the party to a house, Vasquez hit Cardenas on the head with a pipe and cut the boy's throat. A very deep cut. He was sort of halfway decapitated. He and his cousin Chapa took the body out to a field across a four-lane street, leaving a huge trail of blood, so way to cover up your crime. 
At the field, Vasquez robbed the body of all valuables, cut off one arm, severed a portion of the other arm, removed skin from Cardenia's back, scalped the body, and drank his blood before placing the body under pieces of aluminum. Vasquez tried to sever the boy's head with a shovel, but failed. Three relatives of Vasquez and Chapa, the cousin, also attempted to conceal the crime, which is the most disgusting part of all. Vasquez was arrested, however, in Texas shortly after from an anonymous tip, so even though the family... Tried to cover it up. He got in there, and when he was questioned by police, he said, The devil told me to remove Cardinia's head. His trial began in 1999, and his lawyer, James Keegan... Yeah, and his lawyer was named James Keegan, and he tried to plead not guilty by saying that the devil told him to remove the head, and he absolutely had to do it. But of course, he was found guilty and I was, was killed. Say, did it work? <laughs> with lethal injection, actually, just last year on April sixth, twenty sixteen. Oh wow! He was thirty eight years old, and he had spent eighteen years on Texas's death row. So, kind of just a crazy drug addicted nut job, but claimed he had to fulfill Satan's wishes to murder that boy that's just such a did gruesome he... horrible crime yeah no shit mm-hmm. did he say that the devil made him kill him or just that the devil wanted his head the devil wanted his head <laughs> okay. so the fact that he did all of those other things is kind of like it's like that what? was for me <laughs> that was the just was for, for kicks <laughs> the head was for beelzebub the, the skinning was... and the murder that was, that was just, all me know, that was just for that a good time i really wanted Oh my gosh. So, sorry that was so gruesome and awful, but I just... Yeah, sorry. Welcome to Keep It Weird. Welcome to Keep It Weird. gruesome and awful. But it just kind of goes along with some of the stories that you'll hear in this episode you're about to listen to of just, yeah, these heinous, horrible crimes, which you, it's open up for interpretation for you guys out there listening. Do you think the devil made them do it? Or are these just some uh, nutcases? Mmm, tough ones. (laughs) Real tough. Real tough. (laughs) I think I have an answer, but I'll let you guys decide. (laughs) Um, another interesting thing happened to us when we recorded this episode that we have to talk about. Um, if you guys follow our Facebook page, you already kind of know about this, but, um, just in case you don't, we actually recorded a very strange whisper. It's an EVP, we think. We, I can't really... Uh, figure out what it is uh we were talking about devil made me do it stories and our guest kelly was telling us this story i'm spoiling a little bit for something that you'll hear but not much towards the um end. yes towards the end of the episode she was telling us the story about how she had a friend whose brother was killed by a man who claimed the devil made him do it this was long before her friend was born and as i was editing last week's episode i was enhancing kelly's audio because she's very soft-spoken and uh i heard a whisper and I thought I was just hearing things, but then when I went back and listened again, I could hear it like clear as day. It's absolutely a whisper. So I cut out that section of audio and opened it in a new tab and enhanced the whisper. And uh, at the time, I thought it said Gotham was murdered. And I was like, that's not a name. That's not But real. I immediately texted Kelly and was like, hey, what was your friend's brother's name? Mm-hmm. And she said it was Tom, Thomas. Yeah. That's obviously not what the whisper was saying. Yeah. So I was like, oh, bummer. Because I thought for yeah, sure it would be something been like nuts. Connor. Connor yeah. was murdered. Connor was murdered. So that didn't work. So I asked what his last name was, and she said she didn't know because her friend's mother had remarried. She didn't know what her name was when okay. she had the kid. So that didn't work out. But I sent her the audio clip. I sent you the audio clip. Mm-hmm. Basically trying to rule out that it was one of us that whispered. Right. And I, I listened I to it, it so many times. And honestly, I promise, guys, I did not just immediately go along with it and say, this is a crazy whisper we picked up. I listened to it thousands of times and said to myself, was I whispering yeah. while Kelly was talking? Could this be me? Could this have been Ashley? And it truly is not. And yeah. my voice doesn't whisper. You guys hear my voice. It's loud <laughs> no, and it's deep. Whisper. It sounds like whisper. me. It does sort of sound like you. Uh, but, but I, I did not did whisper it. it. When I, when we were recording, I feel like I would remember if I had, or I was sitting right next to you and Kelly. I feel like one of you would have been like, yeah, you were whispering. It was really weird. Yeah. Yeah. I think (laughs) we would have noticed it because Kelly was telling a story. She took a brief pause and the whisper comes in. And I was thinking like, was one of us whispering to ourselves? But I really don't think so. Um, And also you and I just listened to it uh, a couple minutes ago. You can actually hear the whisper come in earlier. Mm-hmm. But it's under all of But us. it's under all of our talking. Mm-hmm. So the whispering starts a little bit before 
the whisper that I posted on uh, Facebook for everyone to hear. Yeah. Uh, it starts a little bit before, and then you yep. can really hear it clearly. In the break. In the break. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I sent the original, and, and we made sure that, that you know, the three of us did not do it mm-hmm. while we were recording. Yep. And I didn't add it in. I know that a lot of episodes I add in, like, creepy sounds mm-hmm. or whatever. I did not for this episode. Because no. after I heard that, I was like, I don't want anyone to be confused about, like, what's the, yeah. like, w- real whisper and what's mm-hmm. the fake whisper. Yeah, it's very strange. It's but the, so the general consensus is that it's saying brother, brother was, was murdered. murdered. Yep. Um, which is kind of interesting because, like, that's not really giving any, like, new information. Right. She had already said that. It's almost like <laughs> yeah. a voice was just like, huh, brother was murdered. Yeah. Chiming in with you guys. Yeah, it really sounds like someone's, like, passing through the apartment and they were like, oh, his brother was murdered. Right. Like, oh, did you hear that? Did you hear that? We're gossiping in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, super weird. It was so fun to post on Facebook and have everyone chime in of what they thought it was saying just because it really opened up the conversation. But yeah, almost everyone thinks it's brother was murdered. And now that I've re-listened to it, I completely agree. Yeah. So weird. Yeah, a lot of EVPs too are, it'll be like, and then someone will be like, he's saying, get out of my house. And then you hear get out of my house. But this one's pretty clear. It's very clear. The word murdered, especially, there was no doubt. We all heard that. Everyone heard something was murdered. Yeah. But then it was a matter of, like, what's the first word? Who was murdered? What was murdered? Yeah, so that's interesting. Yeah. I'm definitely going to... I'm not going to enhance the audio. Uh, You'll hear it in this episode. Uh, It's towards the end when Kelly's telling the story. And uh, I'm not going to enhance it for the episode, but at the very end of the episode, I will play an enhanced version uh, you know, where we usually put the button, I'll put an enhanced version of the, um, the audio so you can yeah. hear it so stay, a little bit more clear. Stay after the outro music For so sure. you can give it a listen. So we're gonna, uh, we're gonna let you guys listen to the second half of this last episode, but I Yay. did want to, um, say that we are officially booked. Our hotel is yeah. booked for the 26th, Wednesday the 26th, yeah. so that's two weeks from today. Um, mm-hmm. And we are going to be staying at the Millennium Biltmore Hotel. We are going to be uh, recording an episode live, and we're going to be doing a little investigating ourselves. Mm-hmm. Trying to find some haunted things. Some haunted things. It's going to be um, awesome. And uh, we couldn't have done it without everyone who donated to the GoFundMe. So yeah. thank you. Thank you guys so much for helping money. us. And now we have some tools to go hunting with. Yeah, it's gonna be real great. tools. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really fun. So um, and then next week. Uh, we're going to have a guest on who has been on many ghost uh, hunting and paranormal investigations. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking about those different tools and stuff that we are sure. going to be using in two weeks. So Yay. it's going on me. Good stuff coming up. Anyways, um, so enjoy part two of uh, episode 11, The Father, the Son, and the Holy Kelly. Bye. So, we've talked about uh, people who claim they talk to God. That was another one I struggled with. I actually tried to research, um, I tried to research people who claim to be the second coming of Christ, mm-hmm. claim to be uh, touched in that way, in whatever way it is, claim to be, uh, and you look at like the people who have, who have achieved sainthood, none of them claim to be that. They were chosen by the cardinals or, you know, to, or the Catholic Church or whatever to become a saint, to be canonized as a saint Mm -hmm. because of the thing, the life they led, the things that they did and the miracles that seemed to happen around them. It was all pretty crazy. They never came out and were like, I'm this, bow Mm -hmm. down, everyone bow down to me. So anyways, I was trying to, I thought maybe I could find at least one convincing story of someone who claimed to be touched by God or, uh, or, you know, who claimed to be Jesus and every single one of them did it for the money Mm -hmm. or was a terrorist or, you know, and it was just, or like killed a bunch of people like Jim Jones. And it was just like, this is too much. (laughs) It's a lot. I can't handle it. Yeah. No, that fun. was a hard one. Yeah, to look for. To find. 
Because there was nothing yeah. that was substantial. Mm-hmm. It was all just assholes. Yeah, just fools. But then on the darker, 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 darker side are the people who claim to talk to the devil. Mm-hmm. Mm. I got a lot of those. Um, I have one story about uh, a murder case that um, that it was the first time the defense was used of the devil made me do it that I'll get to in a second. But that involves a little bit of possession. So that kind of goes into a little bit of a different world. But I have a couple examples of people who just straight up swear they've communicated with Satan. They weren't possessed, but they were in line. They felt that they were in line with Satan's will and they had to carry out vicious acts because they, because the devil made them do it, as we have been saying. So there's this one guy named Ricky Casso. He believed that he was acting in line with the Dark Lord's will. Casso claimed that Satan spoke to him through a black crow, ordering Casso to murder someone. It should also be noted that Casso struggled with mental illness. Yeah, uh, well. To perform his Lord's bidding, Casso lured a friend into the woods. Casso held a knife to his friend's throat and ordered him to loudly announce, I love you, Satan. After he said this, Casso killed him, gouged out his eyes, and buried him. So there's um, that. Okay. Whoa. And he looks like a crazy... Can I see? Look at this picture of him. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. He looks like Sean Penn if Sean Penn smoked out of a glass cigarette. See, some crack you are correct right there. Cigarette. Yeah, this guy looks nuts. And he. I guess he always wore that ACDC shirt all the time. And well, I that makes the guy me like him a little bit more. Go on. Ah! Um, beep the bup. To appease Satan, a group of young Russian kids decided they had to step up their game and begin offering human sacrifices. The group, led by former church choir boy Nikolai, I don't know how to say his last name, Ogolabiak, lured four okay. teenage friends into the woods. Always the woods. Satan likes the woods. Once in the woods, the Satanist stabbed each victim 666 times. No way. They then partially ate the victims. The youngsters were arrested after human bones were found near Nikolai's home. After they were arrested, group members allegedly told police, Satan will help me avoid responsibility. I made many sacrifices to him. They also claimed, I tried to turn to God, but it didn't bring me any money. I prayed to Satan and things improved. So those are two crazy stories. And there's, um, hold there's on. many more, when was that? those are pretty bad. Um, the years are not on here. It's just the stories. So These Satan, are just like little nuggets. Satan's gonna help me get rich. Yeah, so, Come guys, on. we've been doing all things wrong. I know. We need to be worshipping Satan and we'll get everything we want. That's the... I mean, he was an angel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a fallen so, angel. So, Lucifer was an angel. Somewhere in him's good. Nope. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's kicked no, off false. for a reason. Oh. We talked about this in another episode, about how, like, for whatever reason, every town has that, like, hometown lore of the Satanists in the woods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why. Mm-hmm. Oh, because kids take people in the woods and stab them 666, 666 times. times. Imagine a body that was stabbed 666 what? times. A young it wouldn't even look like a body. body. It would not. You wouldn't have... There's not enough, enough surface space to step some that many times. No. Oh, it has to just have been in the same spot. It had to have been. Oh That's my insane. gosh, that just. But I want to hear hurt. about this the very first, because this this has been used before. The devil made me do it has been used before. Ronald DeFeo used it in the Amityville case, mm-hmm. in the uh, 112 Ocean Avenue case, after he killed his whole family. Uh, first he didn't admit to it at all, and then all of a sudden he said he heard voices in the home, and then all of a sudden he said the devil made him do it. Uh, we know the son of Sam, uh, Mm -hmm. Berkowitz, right, was his last name? The son of Sam, uh, also claimed that the devil made him do it, that the devil was speaking to him through his neighbor's dog, I think it was. Oh, gosh. These were in the 70s, though, right? uh Uh-huh. Because this case happened in the 80s, and it said it was the first known court case, but I think it's because... It's the first known court case where the defense team was actually like use it? using this. Oh, Whereas shit. before, these were just people. Tell me yeah. more, please. Okay. So, this is the. I'm so sorry. This is the trial of Arnie Cheyenne Johnson, also known as the Devil Made Me Do It case. It is the first known court case in the United States in which the defense sought to prove innocence based upon the defendant's claim of demonic possession and denial of personal responsibility for the crime. Happened in 1981 in Brookfield, Connecticut. He was convicted of first-degree manslaughter. But here is the journey. 
how we got there. So Arnie Johnson was dating this woman named Debbie Glatzel, and um, Debbie had a brother named David. One day, Debbie and Arnie brought David to this rental property that they had just acquired that they needed to get all cleaned up and put together. David, the brother, recollected that an old man had appeared at the rental property, pushing him and terrifying him. The couple initially thought that David was just using the old man to get out of cleaning and work, but David informed them that the old man had vowed to harm the Glatzels if they moved into the rental home. David's visions of the old man included the man appearing as a demonic beast who muttered Latin and threatened to steal his soul. Although the family allegedly heard strange noises coming from the attic, no one but David ever witnessed the man. After David experienced night terrors, exhibited strange behavior, and obtained unexplained scratches and bruises, the family called upon the service of a Catholic priest who attempted to bless the house, but the terrified family eventually concluded that the house was evil and they would no longer rent it. David's visions worsened, occurring in the daytime as well. Twelve days after the original incident, the family summoned demonologist Ed and Lorraine Warren to assist them. Didn't know they were going to pop in that story. Um, Lorraine allegedly witnessed a black mist materializing next to David, an apparent indication of a malevolent presence. (laughs) What? (laughs) Debbie and her mother told the Warrens they had seen David being beaten and choked by invisible hands, and that red marks had appeared on his neck afterwards. David had started to growl, hiss, speak in otherworldly voices, and recite passages from the Bible. The Glatzels recounted how each night a family member would remain awake with David as he suffered through spasms and convulsions and would often stop breathing. In October of 1980, the Warrens contacted Brookfield Police to warn them that the situation was becoming dangerous. Um, according to eyewitness testimony, during one, during one of David's exorcisms, because they were starting to bring people to the house, Arnie Johnson, now we're coming back to him, who is Debbie's boyfriend, was coercing one of the demons to possess him while participating in David's exorcism. Doesn't say why, but he was like talking to the demon and daring him Maybe to come Maybe he didn't believe in it and he wanted right. to... I think he was trying to get it to exit David, but he was saying like, come at me. Come, well, come right. to me. <laughs> I mean, they do that in the, uh, the exorcist. Father Karras does that. Go on. It's true. Um, beep, boop, bop. So... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, in Johnson's personal account, he recollects that... Oh, no, sorry, I skipped a line. You can edit this out, probably. Probably. Nothing shingle space, right? (laughs) Oh, Johnson, after this incident where he was coercing the demon, Johnson returned to that old rental property to examine an old well that supposedly housed the demon, according to David. In his personal account, Johnson recollects that this was his final encounter with the demon while being completely lucid. After this moment, the demon made eye contact with him and Arnie became possessed. The Warrens claimed to have warned him not to go to the well. As David's condition continued to worsen, Debbie and Johnson decided it was time to move out of her mother's home. That was a detail I didn't mention earlier. They were living in the Glatzel family home just to try and help take care of David. Right. But now that Arnie was starting to act weird, they're like, let's get out of here. Now, How Debbie. Did live here? Sorry, you continue. No, it's fine. Um, this was all happening in 1980. It looked so it like all happened in like a, yeah, this span of I a year. I think this is the span of a year. Yeah, so not crazy long. Um, okay, so now they're moving out of the mother's home. Debbie was hired by Alan Bono. This is an important now person to the story. A new resident in Brookfield, Connecticut. She was hired as a dog groomer. Debbie and Arnie began renting an apartment close to the place of employment, and after moving in, Johnson started to exhibit odd behavior that was strikingly similar to David's. It was causing Debbie to fear that he had become possessed. According to Debbie, Johnson would fall into a trance-like state where he would growl and hallucinate, but later on have no memory of it. Oh. I clicked on Connecticut, and it took me to the Wikipedia page on this. Oh, great. Tell us more about Connecticut. (laughs) What's our state flower? (laughs) I should have stayed on the page to tell you. Okay, on February 16th, 1981, so we've now crossed into the year. This is when it all goes down. Johnson called in sick to his job at Wright Tree Service and joined Debbie at the kennel where she worked, along with his sister Wanda and Debbie's nine-year-old cousin Mary. Pause. I am confused. Who's possessed right now? Arnie. He's Johnson. Arnie. Is his last Arnie name. Johnson. And David. And David right? But yeah, David's, but kind, David's of kind of pushed to the side better. now. Yeah. And David. Arnie is now growling and not now remembering. Arnie is growling, and they're at this new rental property where their landlord is Alan Bono, who also works at the dog grooming place with Debbie. Okay. He's important to remember. Debbie is Debbie's the, the girlfriend of girlfriend Arnie. Girlfriend of and David Arnie is her Johnson. brother. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So 
Arnie came and joined Debbie at work. Um, Bono, the couple's landlord and Debbie's employer, bought the group lunch at a local bar and proceeded to drink heavily. After lunch, the group returned to the kennel. Debbie took the girls to get pizza, but insisted they return quickly because she was anticipating trouble. She had a bad feeling. When they returned, Bono, intoxicated at this point, became agitated. Everyone left the room at Debbie's urging, except Bono, who seized Mary and refused to let go, who was like her little cousin. The nine-year-old, right? Yeah. Yeah. Arnie headed back to the apartment and ordered Bono to release Mary. Wanda, the sister, yeah, sister Wanda, recounted the following events to the police. This was her testimony. Mary ran for the car as Debbie attempted to mitigate the situation by standing between the two men, who were now very agitated and yelling at each other. Wanda tried in vain to pull Arnie away, but Arnie, growling like an animal, drew a five-inch pocket knife and stabbed Bono repeatedly. Bono died several hours later. According to Johnson's lawyer, Bono had suffered four or five tremendous wounds, mostly to his chest, and one that stretched from his stomach to the base of his heart. Johnson was discovered two miles from the site of the murder and was held at the Connecticut Correctional Center on bail of $125,000. This was the first murder ever in the history of Brookfield, Connecticut. So then they take it to court, and Brookfield police had been informed that Arnie Johnson was possessed after the crime was committed, and the media went crazy. And the Warrens, of course, were at the front of it all, which is why some people don't love the Warrens, because they were really trying to feed off of it and perpetuate this truth that he was absolutely possessed, and they loved being in front of the camera and talking about it. And they were promised that if they stood by Arnie's side during this case, that they would get a book deal. So it's like, love the Warrens, but also it's like, well... But, um, yeah, so the trial took place beginning on October 28th, 1981, um, and only extended to November 24th, 1981, so it wasn't a super long trial. Um, the jury deliberated for 15 hours over three days, though, so, I mean, people had some questions about this demonic possession. It wasn't just... Easy peasy. It wasn't just, uh, absolutely this not. This guy's Your nuts. Honor, guilty. Yeah. <laughs> like, the defense actually had pretty good arguments. This was the first time this happened, and people were getting on board. Um, but he was convicted of first-degree manslaughter, and he was sentenced to 10 to 20 years in prison, but he only served five because of his good behavior. Everyone at the prison said he was an exemplary inmate and was so well-behaved and ran programs at the prison, was this great guy who would never hurt a fly, which then kind of brings me back to, well, maybe something was going on with him if these this kind guy and So after he killed no one Bono. was possessed? After Bono? Yeah. It doesn't say that anyone did an exorcism or anything. It seems like it just sort of left him because he was totally normal during the trial and his time in prison. He was a great guy. So And after he got out? Yeah, he is still totally fine to this day. He married Debbie while in prison. They had a wedding in prison, and he got out. Him and Debbie are happily married and have kids. Be nuts He's just chilling. Witness the man you love murder. Stay with him, and then Stay marry with him, him later. Yeah, well, she totally later. believed him. And, I mean, a lot of this was her personal account of saying he was growling and hissing and had no memory of it. Like, this wasn't, this wasn't my boyfriend, and... Yeah, so she was fully behind him. The Warrens were obviously very much behind him. And the defense attorney was willing to take it on and say he was possessed. So it was a crazy moment in history. Well, that's bonkers. So it's called the devil made me do it case. But that one is actually possession rather than him just saying Satan was whispering in my ear. Yeah. Which is a little different, but. Yes, but I do think, you know, because with some of Son of Sam and and, uh, the DeFeo murders, et cetera, et cetera. That was just their, like, random babblings. Mm-hmm. Their defense wasn't yeah. like, listen, see? It was the devil. <laughs> right. It was them being like, no, the devil said this, and the devil mm-hmm. said, you know what I mean? So right. it is very interesting that they actually, the defense actually was like, we can make a case out of yeah, this. Yeah, let's make a case for You'd this. think that they would say, cool, dude, keep saying what you're saying. Our defense is going to be temporary insanity. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that the entire time I was reading this. Why, off, yeah, why wouldn't they have that? Insanity. But probably because, I mean, they probably went with the way they did because there's all this, like, backlog information of, like, the family had tried these exorcisms on this one guy in right. the house. Like, they had, like, that it wasn't just, like, how they beat temporary insanity. That's insanity, true. You know, they like, had documented. They had a history. And that's, you're history. exactly right. Like, the reason the attorney wanted to try it was because there was all this evidence of Catholic priests that had come to the house and tried to get this demon away from David. And there's witnesses saying that 
Arnie was coercing the demon, so they said it could have easily hopped to him. He also went to that rental property, but no one was with him there. That was only his account, but... Yeah. Yeah. I know, it's pretty chilling. But, um, yeah, I think I exited out of the picture. I'll try to pull it up for you guys later, but he just looks like this dad that you would see at your high school who's picking up his kid. Like, he has glasses and just kind of looks a little derpy guy. You'd never imagine him being a murderer. Which, I mean, there's cases... Lots of times where I see the picture of the person, they don't look like a murderer. So not that that is great evidence, but it was just kind of a moment of, he really doesn't look like he would do this on his own. But I don't know. I don't know what I really believe in this case. I mean, I wonder if you could, I wonder if he, I wonder (laughs) if that was another case of a suggestion in the sense that maybe, maybe the kid who was having, you know, exorcisms performed on him. Everyone knows that there have been famous cases in which an exorcism has taken place on a, usually a child, who is epileptic or schizophrenic or has seizures. Mm -hmm. And there's frantic people around them who are heavily religious saying, um, you know, that that they're possessed by the devil. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... Again, power of suggestion, maybe maybe the family and the Catholic priests and everyone extremely religious trying to perform an exorcism on this boy who's having schizophrenic fits or epileptic fits. And then, you know, the power of suggestion, Arnie starts to believe that he is also having... Right, these fits. These fits. Mm-hmm. Totally possible. You're right. Well, when I was looking up stuff, I really wanted to find proof Mm -hmm. and i could come up with explanations for almost everything Mm -hmm. there were a couple things that i could not come up with explanations for and i wrote them down do tell uh well (laughs) one was the incorruptible corpses that just that was pretty nuts doesn't make sense i don't understand it especially with the saints yeah with the people who i mean i guess they weren't saints in life they became saints and the incorruptible corpse was part of their sainthood, so maybe not. But that was very interesting to me. Uh, another thing, I don't know if you guys have heard. Have you heard of Our Lady of Akita? Uh-uh. Uh, in 1973, Sister Agnes Katsuko Sasagawa in Akita, Japan. Again, did not know there were Catholic nuns in Japan, but there are. Uh, she had visions of the Virgin Mary. On June 28, 1973, a cross-shaped wound appeared on the inside of her left hand. It bled profusely and caused her much pain. On July 6th, Sister Agnes heard a voice coming from the statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary in the chapel where she was praying. The statue was carved from a single block of wood from a katsura tree and is three feet tall. On the same day, a few of the sisters noticed drops of blood flowing from the statue's right hand. The wound in the statue's hand remained until September 29th when it disappeared. On the day it disappeared, the sisters observed that the statue had begun to sweat, particularly on the forehead and the neck. Two years later, on January 4th, 1975, the statue began to weep. It continued to weep at intervals for the next six years and eight months. It wept on 101 different occasions. Scientific analysis of the blood and tears from the statue provided by a professor of the Faculty of Legal Medicine of the University of Akita confirmed that the blood, tears, and perspiration are real human tears, sweat, and blood. They come from three blood groups, O, B, and AB. During the six years of weeping, Sister Agnes was completely cured of total deafness, and several occurrences of the stigmata took place in the region at the time. And you can actually look up a video and pictures of this statue crying. Really? And like I said, they tested the blood, the sweat, and the tears, and they are human. That's pretty... Yeah, what? It does not make sense. Yeah. That I can't explain. No. That doesn't... There's nothing for that. There's nothing for that. (laughs) Wow. And there's so many witnesses to it including professors of medicine. It's not just, you know, the nuns aren't just like, come in here and look at what's happening, because they could very easily be, like, collecting their tears and dripping them on. But you can see them come out of the statue. Mm -hmm. 
Um, do they come out of like cracks or do they just like kind of appear? Um, no, they just kind of appear. It's just a solid piece of wood. Yeah, that's so strange. Um, the only other thing, uh, there's another thing I found that was pretty crazy. Uh, this is actually recent. This was in 2015. Pope Francis, uh, he turned dried blood into liquid in 2015. During Mass on a Saturday, March 21st, 2015 to be exact. The Pope was given a vial of dried blood belonging to St. Gennaro, which is the city's patron, patron saint. The Archbishop said that when Francis kissed the glass, half of the blood liquefied, and the Cardinal that was there declared it a miracle. Uh, the Pope actually told a funny joke afterwards. The Pope then joked that he and his congregation had to work harder since the saint only loves us halfway because yeah. only half of the blood liquefied. Right. But that doesn't make sense. There's pictures online of him kissing this thing and all of a sudden it's dried like hundreds of year old blood yeah. that all of a sudden became liquid like as he kissed it. How, why, when? So, <laughs> how, why, when, where... That's so um, to so whom? Bizarre. Yeah. yeah, I so that kind of stuff. I I can't explain that. Mm-mm. Do we have any final thoughts on on div, divine tampering? I, I'm trying to think of a good word. So many different words. Meddling, meddling, tampering. I like meddling. As far as the the devil made me do it. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid growing up, one of my friends. Her brother was killed by a man who had, uh, he had heard the devil speak to him and told him to kill somebody. And that person wound up being my friend's brother. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it was just, like, kind of a random thing. This this, this mentally unstable man uh, was at a fast food restaurant, grabbed this 12-year-old boy, and killed him. Just, the, like, in the restaurant? In the restaurant, like, yeah. He held him hostage and killed him. And this was before my friend was even alive. Like, that was, yeah. But I remember that distinctly growing up. Like, that's probably the only person I know who had someone that was murdered. Yeah. That. Like that, you know? Yeah. In what, I mean, just a crazy way. Like, yeah. that is a traumatizing story to hear yeah. a guy saying Satan I mean, told guys, him to do it. Like, firsthand accounts, do you guys know of any, like, devil made me do it or kind of like the religious side of things or people say that they've had a spiritual well i know occurrence i know of not personally no i don't know anyone personally but i do know of several cases of people saying that the devil spoke to them that had schizophrenia yeah Mm. and that was probably the only thing that like i might have talked more on it's just like the the connection between religion and schizophrenia I don't know how mm-hmm. far we have to go into that. Well, we'll probably have a full episode on demonic possession where we'll talk a lot about schizophrenia mm-hmm. because that is, schizophrenia is, especially schizophrenia along with uh, dissociative yeah. disorders. Yeah. Um, hearing voices yeah. is a major part of it. Mm-hmm. And if, I mean, you don't sit there and hear a voice inside your head telling you to do something bad. If you have any religious affiliation at all, that's where your head's going to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if you have any sort of belief system at all, that's where your head's going to go. I think it's getting a lot better these days mm-hmm. um, than it has, even like even like my grandparents' generation. My grandparents' generation... You know, if they're if they have suffer from bipolar disorder or schizophrenia mm-hmm. or disassociative disorder, they don't get that taken care of. Right. Because back then, when you had those types of disorders and you sought help for them, you were just a crazy person. Yeah, you said lock them up in the loony bin. Yeah, if you had bipolar disorder, if you suffered from depression, if you mm-hmm. suffered, you were just crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's it. So they don't seek help for that. Or mm-hmm. hysteric. Or hysteria, yeah, right. which yeah. is crazy. Um, so they they don't seek help for that. These our generation seeks help for fucking everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, anxiety. Anxiety hasn't ever. It's always been a thing. I'm I suffer from anxiety, so I'm not saying like it's bullshit. But what I'm saying is, before our generation, 
That was just living your life. Yeah. No one went and said, well, I yeah. have to see a doctor. I have to that see a doctor because I have, uh, I worry about stuff a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. like, no, that's just what fucking life is. You yeah. just live your life. But you now worry, it's worry. like, yeah, now it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a disorder that I can actually have taken care sure. of. Sure. Yeah. I, I found this one quote just around the whole religion schizophrenia thing. It's from a psychiatrist named uh, Thomas. Guys. You know, Thomas Zaz. Zaz. Thomas Stephen Zaz. <laughs> Zaz, he says. I don't know. Now, he said, if you talk to God, you're praying. If God talks to you, you have schizophrenia. If the dead talk to you, you're a spiritualist. If you talk to the dead, you're schizophrenic. <laughs> that's that's how he, actually a really good way. I like that quote. That's how he summed it all up. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's kind of a good summary. Yeah. Unless, unless, unless God is actually talking to you, which we don't really have any um, proof that that's not right. what's happening. But it also has shown that schizophrenia, people who suffer from it, they're more religious than pizza, people that pizzas. People that pizzas. <laughs> people that have schizophrenia uh, are usually more religious than people who aren't. That would be a very interesting thing to look into, the connection of people, the amount of people with schizophrenia. And who suffer religious delusions. Who suffer from oh, yeah. religious delusions. Ooh, that's good. That is so over the amount of time that we have this week. You sure? For Keep It Weird, 100% sure? I'm positive. <laughs> um, we've gone on for We've gone on for so long. Um, so you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Keep It Weird Cast and our Facebook page, Keep It Weird. Every week we post a movie suggestion we think you'll love, as well as pictures, videos, and articles relating to that week's episode. And we encourage you guys to give us feedback on those posts, as well as uh, to share with us some of the weird stuff you find along the way. Uh, Weird news stories, upcoming horror movies, etc., etc. If you ever have episode feedback, questions, or personal stories, you can email them to keepitweirder at gmail.com. We check it every day. Um, and really quickly, we have to thank Andrew Miller for my birthday present. Andrew got us an infrared thermal thermometer and an EMF meter, which is going to come in handy as we gear up for next week. So thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. We get We're going to do use some the shit out of these. I'm going to go find some ghosts. <laughs> um, and we have to thank Kelly for being with us today. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Kelly. Do you have anything that you want to plug that you're working on right now? Or um, even just like your Instagram handle if you want people to follow me. Or your website. You yeah. have a really cool website. Yeah, if you and actually my website generally just features Ashley. I am on the website. Like I think I think like three times. Which yeah. is hilarious. Um to I, me. I direct music videos. Being so if you non-actor. want to find anything that I direct, uh, go to Kellyreadisdead.com. Kelly Reed is dead dot com and Reed is R E E D. Yes. Yes. And it's K E L L Y. K E L L Y R. Is there any other way to spell it? Oh, I guarantee it. I guarantee someone has found a dumb way to spell Kelly. No offense to anyone whose name is Kelly. It's not spelled K-E-L-L-I. Oh, no. Kelly. Don't. I was like, is that a thing? No. I will rage. I feel like someone would do K-E-L-I and be like, They do. Oh, yeah. Kelly. Yeah. No. And I-E and E-Y and all that bullshit. We're going to name shame, y'all. I know. Um. So join us next week. We're So here's the thing about next week. Not sure exactly what we're doing, but we're either going to be checking into a famous haunted hotel and doing an investigation or we're going to be talking to my friend Matt about ghost hunting before we take our journey. Uh, we're not sure which is going to come first, but either way, you'll definitely want to check in as we gear up to check ourselves in to the famous Millennium Biltmore Hotel in downtown Los Angeles because we're going to go find us some ghosts. And we are so excited <laughs> to take you along with us. Yeah. Um, Kelly, what's our sign-off this week? Our sign-off this week is you can find out more at... Whatever your website is. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Oh my god. Here's oh, the thing. Our I'm, website oh. is like www.weird.wix. Oh, it's so obnoxious. Slam dunk. Dot. Space Ash and Lauren. Dot. Garbage can. Dot. It's hairline pressure. But you can go to our Facebook page and our website's there. Yeah. You could also go to Wikipedia. <laughs> Wikipedia has a lot of cool stuff. What? Oh, no, she made that up. Don't go to Wikipedia. <laughs> that is a garbage idea.
was at a fast food restaurant, grabbed this 12-year-old boy, and killed him. Just, the, like, in the restaurant? In the restaurant, like, yeah. He held him hostage and killed him. <laughs> and this was before my friend was even alive. Like, that was, yeah. But I remember that distinctly growing up. Like, that's probably the only person I know who had someone that was murdered. Yeah. 